welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Next on Father and Son are Woody, Scott, and Ryan Hunt. Woody Hunt is a living legend. He has over 1,600 wins and four decades of coaching at Cumberland University. Coach Hunt was just named the Pat Summit Lifetime Achievement Award winner. In 2013, he was named an ABCA Hall of Famer. Cumberland University has 12 World Series appearances and has won three national championships. Scott played for Woody from 1992 to 1995 Scott has extensive experience coaching at the high school level after leaving Cumberland. He's an associate scout with the Chicago Cubs and teaches and coaches football and baseball at Stewart's Creek Middle School. Ryan played for Woody for five seasons and coached with Woody for 13 seasons. He was on Woody's staff for all three national championships. He's been the head coach at Vol State for the past five seasons. Welcome to Father and Son. Here with Woody, Scott, and Ryan Hunt, uh, here with Father and Son. Appreciate the three of you jumping on with me here. Yeah, glad Thank to do it. And then Ryan and Scott, I want to start with you guys. And, and Scott, you can jump in first. Can you talk a little bit about the recruiting process? And that was a while ago. Um, you know, uh, my era too, so mid-90s. Can you just talk a little bit about the recruiting process? Was it a definite that you were going to go play for your dad? Uh, just, just talk through that process a little bit. Yeah, it was... Uh obviously before uh, a lot of the technology and uh, Twitter and, and video and really uh, before e- uh, email was being used a lot. But, uh, you know, I played here in, in Lebanon high school ball and uh, was, uh, you know, was an average player and uh, probably uh, a foregone conclusion that I was going to go to Cumberland. I did look at a couple other places uh, when I was sending out my test scores and, you know, doing that. I really kind of took care of that process uh, by myself because dad was coaching uh, and very busy uh, with his own stuff. And I had talked to uh, Bethel College, which is here in Tennessee, and um, had also talked to uh, Belmont University where uh, Coach Dave Witten coached. He was a, a very good friend of of, uh, of my dad. And I actually used to uh, stay with Coach Witten on campus when dad was first finishing uh, his degree and became very close with Coach Whitten and talked about possibly going there and, and playing. But the bottom line was going to Cumberland was was much cheaper with the you know with Dad's discount to be honest and and uh, I was pretty sure I would probably stick around baseball and go into coaching. So I thought that was the best uh, best opportunity. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, yes, for me, I didn't you know I was an okay okay player in high school and I actually signed with a. Uh, Volunteer State, where I'm coaching at now at high school, and was uh, wasn't there very long. I was only there a semester. Didn't um, 
didn't pan out for me basically because my own doing, but um, ended up transferring to, to Cumberland, um, redshirted my first year there and then um, played four years after that. So, but, but in high school, I you know, went to Lebanon high school also uh, was the second baseman. Um, really, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just, I just liked playing the game. Didn't really think about a whole lot into what I wanted to do afterwards. Uh, you know, I just, just love playing, but ended up signing with Fall State. And like I said, didn't work out well there for me, but um, ended up going to Cumberland and couldn't have been a better time. You know, as part of a, part of a world series team, I think we won a conference championship every year I was there and, you know, was in the regional every year. So um, I just knew I wanted to play. Didn't really care where at that point, but, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to play for dad. So it worked out. And Woody, what was your perspective on that? Just with both of them coming to, to play for you, you know, especially with your wife, were you okay with both of them coming to play for you? Oh yeah, we, we were definitely okay. I kind of left it up to them and put any pressure on them at all. And of course it was free for us, you know, the tuition was, so it was a pretty hard bargain to beat. And, uh, but we didn't put any pressure on them at all. They let, again, let them uh, play after high school season. I was so busy with, our schedule and our everything that we were doing, I didn't get a chance to see him play as much as uh, I wanted to, and and uh, it was just hard to be there and, and coaching our our team too. But when they were able to play with them for me, I, we were able to spend some quality time, you know, uh, with my boys and while they were playing at Cumberland, and and while they were there, we had some of our our best team we ever had, and it was a highlight to be able to to have them with me and be on some great ball club, but I never put any pressure on them at all. And uh, it was just, uh, it, it was kind of a natural thing. I thought that they would come and play for Cumberland. Had you coached them in any sort of organized sports setting before college? Uh, no, I, I, I never did. I, uh, I don't think so. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, I just kind of went and watched them play little league as much as I could or, you know, T-ball or basketball or whatever they played. We try to get there as, as much as we can. I enjoyed the summertime when I was able to get to, to, uh, to watch them play and go with the, with the teams and see them. And, uh, uh, they lost, they, they did lose a, a couple of their years, uh, of playing because I was working for the pirates and their, and their farm system and they went with us. And so there was a couple of summers that they got to spend around professional baseball, which was, was really good. Can you guys all talk about, and Woody, you can start first, and then we'll, we'll go to Scott and Ryan. Um, can you talk about how you guys handled the father-son and player-coach relationship at, at the college level? Well, I don't know if we had any problems at all. Uh, Scott was more of a vocal and more of a, uh, I don't know how to, how to describe him, really. Uh, I had to motivate Scott a little bit more than, than Rhino, I believe. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't, don't remember any problems at all, you know, uh, uh, they knew that I was trying to, to build a team and and that I would play them if they deserved to play and I didn't make any uh, I didn't make any favoritisms or anything. We just I treated them as like they were regular players. And I remember one time uh, Scott missed a conditioning. Uh, we had an early morning conditioning one morning and he missed it. So the next morning he went back to back and I always remember that he went like at four o'clock in the morning and then did it again at five thirty and that was kind of a crazy thing but uh yeah it was i don't remember any problems at all they they knew exactly where they stood and uh, they and the players they you know other the teammates uh 
we had a very good team back in those days, and they they knew where they stood. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I, you know, it, any issues that came up with me playing for dad was 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 on my end uh, because of the, uh, you know, sometimes when we're young and uh, at that age we're a little hard headed, and uh, we go through some things. So I was probably not easy coach, but uh, you know, there's always that pressure there too. Of, of, even though it's a very small town uh, in our town in this area, dad's very well known, and, and I guess you kind of put that pressure on yourself a little bit. Like you have to live up to something, and because of that, I probably bucked against that a little bit. But it was uh, it was a great experience, and and uh, pretty proud to say by the time we got to my senior year, uh, you know, kind of a funny story. Uh, I actually expected going into my senior year to be uh, to play quite a bit, uh, to be honest with you, uh, third base. And uh, but Dad brought in a, a junior college guy from Florida uh, by the name of Mark Mills, uh, who ended up becoming our starting third baseman. Uh, funny thing is, he's now one of my best friends. And so we became very close and, uh, you know, but I, I was one of the, uh, I guess one of the leaders on the team, even though I didn't play every day, I was, I worked very hard that last year. And, um, I think the team looked up to me and, and uh, wait, I went about my business and we had a, an awesome year in, in 95. Um, uh, we finished national runner up to Bellevue that year out in the world series. And, um, but I had a had a great time, great career, met a lot of great old friendships that still last to this day. Um, you know, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for you. Yeah, Ryan, talk about that. And just talk about backing up your brother, too. Like, you come behind him. Just talk about that experience, too. You're, you're playing for your dad, but your brother had already played in the program. Talk about that a little bit also. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a rewarding time. And, um, you know, me and my brother are are different in a lot of ways, but also the same, you know, he's just like, like dad says, he's a little bit more vocal. I'm a little bit more low key. And, but you know, I was, um, I was kind of the same role. I was kind of a backup player, um, almost a starting player every now and then, but you know, um, the players that were in front of me were basically division one caliber players, um, high level players. Some of them went on the pro ball and all that, but, um, you know, some of those teams we were on were very, very good. And, um, you know, you can't you can't replace that those those teams with the, and the experiences we shared. And you know, as far as playing for dad, it just um, you know day in dad. It was like a player coach relationship. It wasn't um, you know I looked at him as a as my head coach, and he looked at me as one of his players. And it wasn't the the whole father son thing on the field, but off the field it was. And um, you know, it was uh, following my brother. You know, he was the players that were still there when he was there. You know, they kind of knew me already because I mean I hung around the program my whole life so everybody knew us anyway but um you know it was, it was just a it was a fit perfect fit you know even though I wasn't an everyday player um uh, I wouldn't change it for anything because I played with some unbelievable teams unbelievable players uh and the experiences that that I had you just I mean just can't so rewarding and all that so you know I don't really have any stories like my brother does like I said he's a little bit more hot-headed than I was but but I was just kind of you know I worked hard and did what I was supposed to do, except except for the classroom part. That was the hardest part for me. You know, I didn't like going to class and doing schoolwork, but that was my biggest obstacle right there. But you know, but it was it was a great time. It really was. And Woody, this has been a kind of a similar conversation with a lot of the coaches that I've talked to during the time that their sons had played for them. It's some of their best winning percentages that they've had as a coach. Why do you feel like that is? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I haven't thought about that. Uh, when they played in the nineties, we were very, very good. We were, 
national contenders every year. Uh, I, 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 that's the, probably the area that uh, I was working uh, so hard to establish the program as an NEI. Uh, I want to be the best program in the country, and we, we just worked hard at it, and uh, we recruited very hard. And I, don't, I really don't know for sure. It's just that uh, uh, my two boys were part of two great, uh, some great teams and uh, championship teams and uh, uh, very good players, very good people, and friendships they made uh, through the time that they played were very rewarding still. They still are. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, when Scott and Ryan played, they out, off the field, they never got around me very much because at that time we, we were living in the dormitory, still living in there as a family. Uh, we, my, me and my wife lived in an apartment and they had their own rooms basically. And so I didn't see a lot of them off the field occasionally, we would, of course. So they didn't, we didn't talk baseball off the field. Uh, they were just players to us and they're my sons too, but, uh, we, it was just a great, I don't, again, I don't remember any very, very uh, difficult time. But I remember Scott throwing a bat up against the screen after, after a strikeout one day and I got, I got in his face pretty badly and he got back at me. And so that's the only hard, hard time I remember on the field, but it was a great time. I coached you too, boy. I, I got to spend quality time with them on the field. And I really believe they've become coaches, the coaches they are because they were able to, Look at the game, understand the game, uh, not only from playing, but you know, understanding from my perspective as a coach. And uh, and I think they both got brilliant minds about the game, and, and I think they've learned it just being around the game their whole life. Some of the things, some of the things I've talked about with some of the other coaches is that when you have your own sons on the team, that sometimes it lines up, op- it opens up lines of communication. <laughs> to the team maybe a little bit more where they, they do see that, okay, coach is just as hard or harder on my own, on his own kids as he is on us. And there isn't favoritism with who's playing and who's not playing. And they also see how important his winning is to the family as a whole. I think those are all things that kind of play into how that works. Scott, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do agree with that. And it's uh, clear something up on that story too, about the bat, uh, where I threw the, the bat that's uh that was down uh, during a, uh, a game against Motlow. It may have been a fall game. Dad, I'm not sure what that was. I, I can't remember if it was a fall game or a freshman year game. I can't remember. But I actually did not mean for the bat to uh, slam against the fence. It hit a turf uh, on deck circle and kind of bounced against the fence. And he he cut loose on me pretty good. And uh, But it's just one story in a long line of, cool stories that we've got some were uh pretty awesome some moments were not so awesome but uh you know it it uh you know i think the thing about the you know you were talking about the winning percentage during those times that we were a part of there you know the the talent that came through during the 90s was really uh if you go back and look at where some of these guys came from like ryan said it was i mean we had guys that were on the bench that would have been everyday players at, at a lot of places and so that's not something I'm ashamed of. I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with letting people know I was uh, a backup player because the guys that we had on these teams were uh, were guys that, uh, you know, junior college all Americans, D1 transfers, guys that went on to play pro ball. So it was, uh, uh, even though we didn't win a national championship during the '90s, we were very close and could have easily won uh, a handful. So, um, you know, it, it was just a kind of a heyday for Cumberland. Ryan, can you talk a little bit about? 
the experience of, of being around your dad and brother and then how it's helping you now over at Vol State? Yeah, I mean, just being around, you know, this this program, up, you know, our whole lives has influenced our lives greatly, especially me as a coach, seeing dad, how he how he handled his teams and, you know, how he interacts with players and on a day-to-day basis and, uh, you know, not only in baseball but of uh, off the field stuff, you know, and trying to make them the best people they can be and, and all that. But it's just, um, you know, basically everything I do now as a head coach is, is an extension of what dad does at his program. I mean, I'm sure there's a few little differences here and there, but, uh, you know, I just, for me, we're, I'm at a program that doesn't get a whole lot. Um, and that's fine. But, you know, even, even if we were a full, fully funded program, you know, I would still, have that blue collar mentality of, you know, hard work every day. And, um, you know, trying to teach that to the players that, uh, you know, if you want to get somewhere, it's going to take really hard work. And a lot of those guys don't realize that the amount of work it takes to get to that level they want to go to. And, you know, and that goes, that goes as off the field too, in the classroom and, you know, in the community and, and building the facility like you want it you know, taking pride in everything, but basically everything, everything that I'm doing now is, is basically the blueprint of what dad has done at Cumberland. Um, except, you know, I got a little bit more facilities than he had when he first started at Cumberland, but, um, you know, I just, I don't do anything special. I don't try to think I know more than anybody else. I just, I just believe in hard work and, uh, you know, doing the fundamentals every single day and, and trying to be the best you can. But, um, basically everything he's done, throughout his career I've, I've taken with me and try to implement that into to the program I'm at now. Woody, can you talk about the Pat Summit Lifetime Achievement Award that you just won and what that means to you? Well, it was a big surprise, first of all. I, uh, they called me two weeks ago, and, of course, Pat Summit is one of the most recognizable names in, in all of coaching, and she's a legendary figure in Tennessee and um, maybe one of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah. And uh, to be – to get that – honor uh with her name on it was it's just a overwhelming and uh and she was uh she's so well thought of in this state in the whole south really all over the country but to get that award achievement award you know you got to be coaching a long time to get it i think last year rick bird got it the belmont coach basketball coach so and then just to be able to to be on that list of people who've gotten an award since she's passed it's kind of overwhelming and really very humble to receive it. Scott and Ryan, anything that maybe you took for granted growing up, uh, you know, being in the dugout, growing up around it, uh, that you realize now is, is pretty special? Yeah, I um, definitely took a lot of things for granted. It, uh, you know, I, one of the things about growing as the, uh, a child of a coach um, is – you, you know, you've got access to the to the sport. You've got access to baseball and to the facilities and to the players and access to the game that a lot of other kids don't have. Um, you know, but when you're growing up, sometimes you don't uh, you don't think about that. Uh, I, I know for me as a teenager, I had a lot of other things that I was interested in. Uh, you know, that my friends were doing, and uh, and I, I took a lot of that for granted. Quite honest with you, and uh, even first couple of years at Cumberland, I took that uh, for granted. But um, I look back now and realize, you know, how, how special those times were and all the people that we got to meet, the experiences, not only on campus, 
following dad during uh, when he was managing in, in pro ball, um, you know, seeing things that really, uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's almost like a dream childhood for any kid that loves baseball. And um, Ryan and I are very close. Uh, we're probably closer than uh, your typical brother. Ryan, jump in on that thing you, you felt like you took for granted. Maybe looking back now, you f- know it's pretty special. And and you could add, I mean, with the pirate days there too, if you got any memories, like I, I used to follow my dad and brother around all the time. So I got yeah. to meet, I got to meet a lot of really cool people in baseball because of my dad and brother. Yeah. You know, I think growing up, you just, you don't realize that the stuff you have in front of you and, um, you know, so I think maybe just the little things of, um, you know, at the time when you're playing, you know, you don't think about how special it was to play for your dad or, or be around the players you were. And, and even growing up, you know, the, the times he coached in the Pirates organization, which is the reason I'm a big Pirates fan now, um, even though there's not much to cheer for the past 30 years or whatever. But, you know, I mean, don't take a whole lot for granted, but it's just the things you think back on now and, and, and realize how, how good you had it and how lucky you were. Like Scott said, you know, having a baseball field at your access the whole time and, um, you know, living on campus, being around the players and, and, and coming your whole life. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you think back on things like that as you, as you get older and, and realize, you know, maybe, maybe you wish cherished it a little bit more back in the day, but, um, but it was, it was, a, it was a special time. It really was thinking back on things, but. Woody, what about coaching those two? And then, you know, you coached with Ryan for, for 13 years. What about that's made you a better coach? Well, you know, uh, you know, Ryan was uh, with me for 13 years and we had some of our better teams. You know, he was part of three national championships and it was coaching third base, uh, two of those. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ryan uh, was, was such a, uh, someone I could run an ideal across or situation across, or he would tell me what I need to do at times. And uh, I remember uh, in 2000 and uh, 2009, we had a, a good ball club uh, and we were on the road in the regional and, and we got, we got beat. We had a good team and we didn't play well. We had some players that, that didn't behave like they should have. And, and I was so disappointed from that, uh, after that tournament was on the way back, we stopped at McDonald's to eat. And Rhino came up to me and said, Dad, you need to dismiss some players when we get back. And I said, okay, what, what happened? I didn't, didn't know what happened. And some had been drinking and did some different things. So we got back. We dismissed about nine players. And uh, the next year we won the national championship. Uh, so he would share with me what I needed to hear. It also would be able to tell players that, uh, you know, when they would mess up and when I didn't have to get on them, he would, you know, he would tell them in a good way what needs to be done. But level-headed on the bench, uh, understood the game very well, knew how to run a game. And Scott was a very uh, – Scott's probably the smartest of, both, of all of us. You know, he knows the game very well. Um, he's a junior high coach, but he's probably got the keenest mind of all of us uh, about how the game should be played and, and the teaching, a very good teacher, can break down the game in a very uh, precise way. And so, uh, but they both were able to, you know, help me out a lot from their perspective when they were. I think Ryan, uh, Scott had me coach a year or so after he got finished too. So, but uh, 
those 13 years with Rhino was was just so really rewarding. We worked very well together. And when he left, I really missed that, you know, having someone that, that I could rely on and uh, in clutch times. It's called addition by subtraction, by the way, when you yeah. cut guys loose. It's a, yeah. it's a great term. I love the term. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to do that. And, you, you know, you have to make some some tough roster decisions at times, especially if people aren't on board. Uh, my dad won the MCC tournament one year. He took 16 players to the conference tournament with him. He cut guys loose before the tournament. And he just – he was lucky he had an athletic director, Jim Byers, who had played yeah. football at Michigan, who who understood it. And he was like, you can do it, but you better win. And so, yeah, Evansville went and, and won the conference tournament with 16 players because there were guys that weren't on board. It's just it's just part of the deal at times. Um, go ahead, Woody. I remember Dad very well. He had a great career at, at Evansville. Yep. Great career. Scott, can you talk about the youth side a little bit here and, and what you've taken out of all this and, and maybe some ways that we can grow the, the youth side of baseball right now? Yeah, it's uh... – you know, it's it's a different animal, to be honest with you, from what Dad and Rhino uh, deal with. Number one, uh, I have to deal with that uh, wonderful dynamic we call parents um, quite a bit more than, than they do. Um, and, uh, you know, if my thing about, about this level, and here's one of the reasons I, I really like and I found a comfort zone with, uh, with the middle school age is um, – they're still young enough to where the things that I say and things that I do, uh, you know, holds quite a bit of authority because I have them in the classroom as well. And, uh, and so what that means is, is my main job is teaching the game to these guys, teaching them not only the fundamentals, but how to approach uh, practice, how to approach a game, how to approach the classroom, you know, things like mindset, um, but, but also trying to teach some uh, some life lessons in there uh, a little bit. The college level, you know, they can go out and get, and you know this too, of course, but they can go out and, and, and get players to fit what they do. Uh, to whereas where I'm at, you know, we it's, it's going to change from year to year. I may have a, a group of kids that know how to play. I may have a group that hasn't played much baseball. So there may be more teaching uh, in one year as opposed to the other, but um, and just like Ryan, the things that I do, I've, I've learned from dad, a lot of trial and error, to be honest with you on my part. But, uh, you know, we're we're going to make sure that we show these kids, number one, how to approach things, uh, how to create a mindset and then understand the work that's got to be put in uh, in order to reach that. So um, I happen to be in a great place right now, great community, Stewart's Creek, and we're right outside of Nashville and uh, we've got we're in the Murfreesboro area, which is really rich uh, in baseball. So we uh, we've got kids that know how to play the game. And and without knocking it too much, I also, you know, I want these guys to understand that that probably the most important thing they can do is learning to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And um, that's why I think the value of the school team is so important as opposed to a lot of travel ball and things like that. I'm not against that, but uh, school school teams teach you to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. So uh, I really enjoy that part of it. What are some tips for some parents right now? And there'll be parents and listen in, youth, youth parents. What, what are some tips right now for some youth parents out there? 
You know, number one thing I tell my parents at a parent meeting, and my principal knows this, my athletic director knows it, is I just tell them, hey, the best thing that you can do is be realistic about this uh, journey that your son's about to go on. Uh, because everybody in the room at, at that point thinks that they're going to be the next big thing. Uh, and these kids go to these private lessons and these these academies and these travel teams. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but they're constantly hearing that they're going to be the next great thing or that you have this. And of course, you know, when you're paying somebody $50 an hour, that's, you know, that's what you're going to hear. You know, but my, my thing is be realistic about this and understand that baseball is a very, very, very small part of life. Athletics, period, a very small part of life. It's not the most important thing that they're going to do. However, if they learn to buy into something bigger than themselves, it can teach them a lot of things about life that they're going to know they're going to have to face down the road. You know, I think this whole situation with the COVID-19 has shown us that, um, you know, sports are just uh, really just another bump in the road uh, when it comes down to it. Woody, can you talk about the growth of college baseball over the last 40 years? You've been in it for four decades now. Can you just talk about it? And my dad and I um, will be on together at the end, and he gets into that a little bit. Can you just talk about where it was when you first started and where it's at now? Well, when we first started, there was not much help. Uh, you just uh, did a lot of things yourself. Uh, uh, you just did it. I mean, uh, if you didn't work, if you didn't know how to keep a feel and uh, recruit, teach the game, run a practice and all that, you know, there were no assistant coaches, I guess you would say. I, of course, I, I started out as assistant coach too, but I didn't get, didn't, pay, didn't get to make any money at all. Survival was the thing back then. So I would say the, the, the assistant coaching area, uh, uh, the growth of our sport is in the last 10, 12, 15 years has been an over, at an overwhelming pace through the technology part of it, I think. Uh, and that's the part that's really gotten by me. Um, you know, they're, they're all the devices that are used nowadays and all the uh, readings that the scouts need and the launch angles, the spin rates, and all the things you got to learn how to do as a coach. And I tell the young guys, young coaches, I said, you better learn how to do those things because it will be necessary to get a job as we get, uh, as you go along in your career. But I don't, uh, some people say the game is better. I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think the game, uh, it, the game within itself, how the game is played, the fundamentals of the game, I think were just as good back in the old days as they are now. Players are more talented nowadays. They have more training uh, techniques, more, more things accessible to them. When I first started here, we had one weight bench, one bench and, a, uh, and one bar. And uh, we were didn't have any facilities like that, and you know, weight training was taboo back then. You didn't lift weights. You were you had to be flexible. You had to be speed. And I still I'm a big flexibility, I like flexibility and speed. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that weightlifting has changed completely. And then the technical things. But I think the players were just as good back in 40 years ago as they are now. They are maybe bigger and stronger and faster now, but how the game was played, you know, we played it pretty good back then too. And your dad could probably attest to that. So I get upset when, I, when everybody says the game is better now than it used to be. 
the players may be more skilled, but the game is not even better. And I agree with you. And and everybody that I've talked to has said the same thing that the fundamentals, you know, as as what's changed, kids aren't as good at the fundamentals. They're they're much better athletes and they train better because the facilities and all of that are, are much better for kids, but the fundamentals aren't aren't as good. And you know, and you see with kids not getting out and playing as much, um, you know, with each other in the backyard and, and working on some of those things. Uh, that's where they're behind. And, and those are probably the easiest things for kids to be able to do that they don't do is just go out and, and play with their buddies without a coach and, and learn learn how to play with each other outside of a, a parental or a coaching standpoint. Ryan, can you touch on, you know, you coached with your dad for 13 years, three national championships. Can you just talk about how gratifying that was? Um, and there are not too many guys can say that. They, they were with their dad for three national championships. Uh, you can go all over the the country and, and look at that in any sport, and there's not going to be too many guys that got to coach with their dad for three national championships. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah, it's probably the you know the most uh, rewarding and satisfying thing that I've done in my life, besides you know kids being born and all that stuff. But as as far as the career goes, I mean, it's just you know it's hard to even fathom that it's hard enough to win one or even get to a national championship, to, but to win three and uh, you know it was. And I can, you know, I, I think about it all the time in those. Um, but what I think about a lot is is the times that, that Cumberland was so close to winning it and, and, and came up short. Um, you know, I was there in 95 on Scott's last year. And, um, you know, I flew up and with a local newspaper guy here from, from Lebanon and, and uh, got there for the championship game and they got beat. So I don't know if I was bad luck or not, but, um, you know, that was – that was a tough night and you know they had several other really good teams that were very capable of winning a national championship just didn't happen for whatever reason or didn't get to didn't get the bounce of the break and uh but 2004 when when he finally did it it was uh, probably the greatest moment like i said of my life besides you know my children and, and and all that just seeing all the hard work that he put in and the times he come so close and finally getting getting over that hump and winning one it was was special and then um you know it was two years later losing losing again in extra innings of Lewis and Clark the host the whole school and it was that's probably the loudest I've ever heard a stadium in my life um you know is it any I again I think there were six thousand plus people there and you know and every single one of them cheering against you so I mean you couldn't even hear yourself think um but and then a few years later in 2010 which I believe that maybe the best coming team of all time. Uh, you're talking about division one talent. I mean, that, that team was division one up to down one through nine and then some, um, and then to, uh, you know, win it again, 2014, where we faced some pretty difficult times that season. I mean, it's just cause we were, we were scuffling there for a while and then to just somehow things turned, turned around and we got on a roll and, went all the way to the national championship, but it's, I mean, it's just, I can't really put it into words what it means to me. And, um, you know, I have all three rings back here on my bookcase set out and can't keep my littlest one up, littlest one away from She tries to put them on all the time and stuff, but, um, but it was just, um, something you can't put into words. And, and like I said, it's the most rewarding experience up to my, my career so far. And, you know, even, even Scott, like, you know, 95, he was there when they, his senior year and they lost and he went out with us in 2006 he was there to see that loss and I know 
you know, he probably feels the same way, even though he wasn't in the dugout when we won it, he probably feels the same way I do that, you know, when we finally won that first one in 04 and, uh, you know, but, but to be able to coach with my dad for 13 years and, you know, I think pretty much after the second year I was coaching with him, I pretty much knew that, that I was, I wanted to be a head coach. And, you know, when I got done playing, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to, uh, I went and worked for the city for a year and, you know, dad kept asking me to come be his JV coach. And I kept saying, I don't know, you know, and, uh, but finally did it to finish up, finish up my degree and start coaching with him and, uh, you know, do it for 13 years. And, you know, there was a lot of opportunities that, you know, some jobs I interviewed for and didn't get. And I was disappointed at the time. But if I had gotten some of those, you know, only win one national championship with him, not three. So everything happens for a reason. But I'm very blessed to be part of that for 13 years and as a player. And what do you – you had tw- you've had 12 uh, World Series appearances. What's the difference between the three that won it and then the other ones? And, and Ryan said a little bit of luck. But can you talk about the three that won it and – just kind of the differences with those squads? Well, we, each year, each championship year was was a different team. Uh, 04 was a good, really good team. We struggled for a while. Then we had injuries. We overcame those, and we got back. And we had very talented players. Uh, um, and we just got on the roll and, 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 and really became a good ball club. Players believed in each other. And we became a tough, tough to beat. We beat Oklahoma City, which – it's one of the best teams I've ever seen on the field. And then uh, in 2010 is one of the most talented teams I've ever seen at any level. Uh, had guys that go with the big leagues off that team. 14 was a team that was a surprise. We were the 10th seed out there. Uh, and uh, it was unexpected. Uh, and uh, I, I, I never will forget, I told Ryan on the bench, I said, I don't know if we'll win this thing or not, but if we do, it's going to be a great story. And, it, and we won it, and I don't know how we did it. We just played so well down the stretch and, and won that one. But, you know, we also had two runner-ups that we lost, and uh, we could have won both of those. And the disappointment of losing a game, a championship game, is equal to the thrill of winning one. And those players, you know, were crying. They were dropping to their knees. And 93, we came in third. 96, we came in third. Uh Another team became in fourth or fifth, whatever it was. So we had so many teams that come close. And I think about that a lot that we really, you know, we could have had, you know, five to seven championships. And I look back at that sometimes and I wish those players had that opportunity to win and win because it's a special, special field that I can't even describe. You've got to experience it before you understand it. What were some turning points? You know, Ryan mentioned that you were scuffling a little bit the one season. What was the turning point for that team? In 2014? Yeah. Uh, 2014, we were really uh, not a very good club in March. Uh, we had a fight in the dugout, uh, and we had to separate the players. And and But that weekend, we made a defensive change. We made a lineup change. And we became very good defensively after that. And we got some momentum because of our defensive teams. And, uh, and then we started hitting the ball. We had a very average pitching staff that were, had a lot of guts. They liked to compete. They threw complete games. We, we put them out there and said, look, you want to throw a complete game. We have nobody available. So our pitchers were tough-minded. And, uh, but 14 was a, was a year that uh, you know, we really scuffled. And uh, I, I think we made a defensive 
move with our lineup, and that was a, the key for us, and we became very good. What was the fight? What did the fight stem from? And I've been on, I've been a lot of a lot of teams, and there's been fights. Like, well, what what yeah. what started it? It's probably it was probably built boiling for a while, but what what was it? Well, you you have to you have to want to win before you get to that emotion. If you don't want to win, you you'll never have problems in the dugout, you know. But you get a bunch of guys that want to win together. It was basically over a, a ground ball. Uh, a, a ground ball went through a shortstop's leg, and our pitcher did all he could, and and uh, he got back to the dugout. And I was on the other end of the dugout, and I didn't hear too much of it, but uh, I heard the spikes moving around on the concrete, and I think the pitcher jumped on their shortstop, and he said something back, and, and the first baseman took up for a shortstop, and and then we had to be separated, and uh, we finally took the pitcher out. And after the game, I just told myself, guys, we got a, we got decision to make. We got to get things together, or it's going to be too late. And after that, we we started we started gelling, and our players they just wanted to win, you know. And when you want to win, sometimes emotions come out that you don't want. That's a good thing, I believe. I think we need more of that now. I think that's what we're missing a little bit. Uh, it, people don't understand that confrontation is a good thing, and it's okay to get it off your chest, and people are going to show emotions in different ways. And I think everybody tries to bottle all that stuff inside now instead of getting it off their chest. And, and yeah, it needs to be productive, but I think we need a little bit more of that now where people feel comfortable with getting it off their chest. And, yeah, I'm not recommending people fist fight, but – I think people yeah. need need to find ways to get it off their chest, and and you know what, you hug it out after that, and then you move on. And I think sometimes those little things help help teams more than anything during a season. Well, in fact, I almost had a fight with the. Uh, I don't know if I were going. I, I was close to hitting a player in our locker room, a player that became very difficult. Uh, he was a transfer from Vanderbilt. Him and I did not mesh, and but at the end of the year, we became very close. He's the most valuable player in the World Series, and it, it became almost became a player-coach fight, also. Uh, but uh, it's amazing how those things can turn around if you just let it. Uh, but uh, you know, Scott Ryan with it, that type, I, I remember them getting on players during the game. Uh, that you know, look, you got to do better than that. You got to play harder. Whatever they said, but I remember those uh, those two getting on players who wasn't doing the right thing. Scott Ryan, can you dive in a little bit on that side of it too? Because I, I think, and people have been watching the last dance with Michael Jordan, and so people are bringing that up. We don't have a lot of that where teammates are holding each other accountable. Um, you know, just talk about that a little bit from your guys' perspectives. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, it, uh, you're right. You, you've got to have uh, you've got to have some of that. I, in my opinion, you were you know you were talking about we, we need to see more of that. To me, that's where specialization has killed that a little bit uh, in sports. Uh, one of the things I like about coaching football is uh, out there on the football field. I mean, you don't have a choice but to be, you know, a little spunky and have some fight to you, or you're just going to get run over, or you're going to be on the sideline. And almost every one of my baseball guys plays uh, football or, or basketball, and you know, this specialization I think takes away some of that competitiveness but you know back to what dad was saying I remember in 95 we were having our uh, I think it was the steak dinner auction they had 95 up there in the gym and we had a left-handed pitcher 
Sorry, that's my. That's all right. <laughs> my. <laughs> that's my dog. Mine do the exact same thing. That's why I mute on my side. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we had a we had a, uh, going into the '95 season. Uh, felt like we had a pretty good team, but we had a, to be honest with you, a couple of head cases on the team, and we had a, a, a pitcher in particular that uh, you know kind of liked to skirt responsibility and he was one of our main guys but he liked to skirt responsibility he didn't practice hard and, uh we were putting up tables after the dinner and uh, he was bossing around a couple of younger players and having them to do some of the work that he was supposed to be doing and you know i had had a couple of conversations with him before on that but you know i i just kind of cut loose on the gym right there and we had to be separated and, you know, that was my senior year when I had matured quite a bit myself. And to be honest with you, I just kind of put him in his place and said, that's not how we're going to do things, uh, at least not this year. You know, sometimes you need that. I mean, you've got to have – got to have. I've told Dad some of the teams here recently that he's had is maybe maybe they don't have that guy that stirs the drink a little bit. And you've got to have that to bring out that competitiveness, I think. Ryan, are you seeing that also? I, I felt like that probably the last 10 years of coaching that a lot of what you would have in the past of players taking care of that, that fell a lot more on the, the coach's shoulders. So coaches have a lot more responsibility with the accountability standpoint, and it's gotten tougher with coaches having to do that because the players haven't taken that upon themselves. Are you seeing the same thing on your end as well? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, you know, I'm not – I think in my – five years that I've been here so far, I've had, you know, I can count on one hand the guys that are, are kind of that way. And you had talked about the last dance and, you know, I love watching that. Don't really care for some of the language that's used in there, but, uh, but Jordan, he'll, he'll call you out and you got to have those guys that'll do that. And I remember my, uh, not my first year, but my second year here, we had a shortstop that, that, you know, some of the teammates didn't really care for him, but he would, he would tell you how it was. And if you weren't doing your part to, try to help us win. He was going to, he was going to say something to you. So that, that year, we know we had a pretty good year was, you know, one game away from the conference tournament championship and lost to a really good Dyersburg state team who went on to go to the world series that year. But he was, I mean, he was the leader of our team and there was, there was no doubt about who it was. And he was, uh, he was kind of that way. You know, he would tell you, he would put people in their place, but, but yeah, you see a lot less and less of that nowadays. And, you know, for me, and I'll tell my players this almost every year. You know, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of laid back most of the time until I until I don't you know until I need to be get going, and I'll get going if you need you know if I have to. But um, but I have to do that a lot more now. You know, you know as a player, uh, when I didn't see a guy running the ball out hard or playing hard or or maybe uh, you know slacking off during the game, he he was going to hear it from me because for one, he was a lot more talented than I was. Um, and he was, you know, he was out there starting every day. So I wasn't going to let him slack. And, and uh, you know, because if he takes it easy, it's going to hurt the team. And it's going to hurt our chances of winning. Um, so I let a few guys know about it. Uh, but I did it in the right way, too. You know, like like you said, there's a way to go about it. And um, But, yeah, you see, you see less of that nowadays. Um, you know, it's kind of like Scott talked about the specialization of it. And um, it's hard to have that when everybody's uh, goal or, or – or whatever is is focused on themselves, and I know at the I know at the two year level it's very hard to get guys to to get into that team mentality. It's very hard year in and year out. But um, 
that, you know, when we have success, it's, it's uh, here, it's, you know, it's our teams that want to win. Like last year, we, you know, this, I mean, this year we got cut short of course, but I think the, the team we had this year really wanted to win and they wanted to win bad. And um, I hate that it got cut short because I think we were about to hit our stride. I think we could have surprised some people, but, uh, but back to your point, yeah, you see less and less of that. And, you know, I wish some more of that would come back. What do you guys have final thoughts wise? It could be on baseball, parenting, Scott, let's go with you. We'll go Scott, Ryan, then Woody, we'll let you finish up. Just anything, parenting, baseball, coaching, what are some final thoughts for you guys? Well, I want to take the opportunity to say something kind of away from baseball. Uh, make sure that uh, uh, people know, you know, things have shifted for me the past four or five uh, years uh, in my life. And, and uh, nothing is more important to me than my faith and, and my relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not trying to minimize sports or the role that they play or anything else uh, like that. But, you know, all of these things have been put into their proper place in, in my life. And, uh, I spent a lot of years, you know, 18, 19 years pursuing, uh, trying to be the next Woody Hunt or trying to be the next great baseball coach. And, you know, if you had asked me 20 years ago, I would have told you I would have my own program or own Division One program. And here we are after year 24 finishing up. The only thing that I'm concerned with is is making sure that I'm following uh, God's lead in my life, and, and uh, that takes precedence for me over everything. So uh, not to be a, you know, not to rain on the parade, but sports really, it just doesn't hold the place that it used to uh, for me. Still great, still love it, but uh, it's been put into its proper place. And, you know, honestly, I think the times we're seeing right now with the, with the virus situation is uh, probably had a, a few more people thinking about that same thing. I've always been a big believer in balance. I think you have to have have that balance in, in whatever you're doing. I think it it adds to the the sports side of it. If you have proper balance, it's going to make yeah. that that side of it great. Just because you have that balance to what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I've, I've just um, you know I've been around this my, this game my whole life, but you know, it's not it's not the end all. And you know, I, when I come home, it's I don't bring baseball with me. You know, I'm a, I'm a dad here or, you know, I don't let it affect my family time or anything like that or, or my faith or anything like that either. But, you know, I just kind of close out on things, you know, especially for all the, you know, young coaches, whether they're my age or maybe a little bit younger or every year I have volunteers that come help me and they're usually the guys that just get finished up playing. And, you know, I try to, I try to show them how to, how to go about the game and, and as a, as a young coach and, and to, uh, you know, you don't have to know it all. And, and uh, you're never going to know it all. Nobody does, um, you know, so you don't have to go to every, every clinic or every um, whatever showcase coaching clinic or anything like that, you know, just, I mean, obviously you got to learn and keep learning and stuff like that, but you know, it's not about how much, you know, it's, it's about how much you care and how much you're willing to work, you know, put your ego aside and, and, and do it with humbleness and, and care. And, you know, I, as far as coaching, part of it goes, that's, that's kind of how I want to leave on things. Cause I see a lot of guys now who want to be seen, who, who want to want everybody to think they know everything and, and, and nobody knows everything about this game and it never will. Um, so, I mean, just, just go about your business in a humble way, work hard, uh, let your actions do your talking, but it's a great game. It's the best game there is. I'm very fortunate to be in it for basically my whole life, you know, just hopefully get back to the, to the roots of it and, 
the hard work and humbleness is what I want to leave on. Before we get to your dad, Ryan, um, do you feel like having a dad that's coached as long as he has helped you with being humble? Because I feel like my dad and my brother both taught me how to be humble. And not everybody has that. I, I'm I feel very fortunate to have a dad and a brother that taught me how to be humble. And do you feel like that's helped you have a different perspective on being humble? Oh yeah, absolutely. Being the uh, you know seeing the way dad is you know, carried himself over the years. And, uh, you know, I try to emulate that. And of course we're different people too, but, um, you know, growing up, you know, of course I had favorite players and stuff like that, but really my role model was my brother. Um, you know, I looked at, looked up to him for everything, watched everything he did. And, you know, so that was, that was my role model. That was my idol, him and dad. But yeah, it's taught me a lot about humbleness and how to, how to go about it. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm very, very fortunate on that to have these two that have led me and got me to where I am now. My brother still keeps me humble. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he does. He still keeps me in check. He, yep. <laughs> I'm 45 years old. He's, he's 49. He still keeps me in check. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Woody, final thoughts? Well, first of all, you, uh, you should be proud of your family, a great baseball family, and we're just uh, what they've done. And, um, and uh, it's, it's a great family that you come from, and you ought to be proud of that. Uh, Secondly, I, I'm I'm really proud of Ryan and Scott. They're good boys, good good men, and uh, they've been in the game their whole life. They're good coaches, but they're great men, and they're leading their programs the way it should be led. So I'm real proud of both of them. But the last thing I would want to say that the game has been very very good to me. Uh, I uh, at the end of my career, everybody knows that, and I just want to thank all my friends out there that who may listen. Uh, this game is. Uh, let me create many, many friendships. And uh, I've had so many great experiences in college coaching that I can't even begin to tell you how much it's meant to me. But, uh, you know, as you wind your career down, uh, uh, all the young coaches take advantage of the time because it gets away from you. And uh, and it, when you get to the end of your career, you look back and you, you, you're just thankful for what the game has meant to you. And there's one thing that I've learned in a great way the last few years, you're not bigger than the game. The game is much bigger than you are. And everything that you have, everything we have as a family, basically we owe it to the game. And I just thank, uh, just thank God for the opportunity I've had to coach. And it's been a great ride. I'm really glad that we got to celebrate it. Um, you know, cause just looking at everything that you've done over 1600 wins and, and everything that you've done in your career. And, um, we don't have too many guys like you anymore. And so this is great for me to be able to celebrate you with your, your boys and, and just bring light to this, just how much baseball, and I feel the same way. Baseball is, is great to our family. So I do feel like we owe so much to the game of baseball. So I'm, I'm really happy that we've been able to celebrate that. Well, but thank you for having us on. We appreciate it very much. Yep. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.